I, when I think about uh, some of our prayers tonight, some of my prayers tonight, uh, when I really think about those, uh, especially for like Cecil, Cecil Helms, uh, you know, he's there fighting for his life. And I, I told Pastor today, I said, you know what, if, if we think we have problems in any way, shape, or form, I said, all we got to do is think about someone like that that's there sitting by the bedside of the person they've loved all these years and acting to make a decision, the possibility of unplugging in, unplugging in, you know. And so, but uh, I know Cecil, and I know he wouldn't have wanted just to sit around and just been a vegetable, and he had a stroke that's really, they said, this irreparable damage. And I know God can repair anything, but... Uh, they're, they're still confronted with that type of a, a prayer. And I have a, a little nephew up in Avon, Indiana, that I know uh, is struggling with some things that a 14-year-old boy ought to be struggling with. And then, you know, pastors all over the South, folks, all over the South, they're, they're the rampage of this stinking COVID. I call it the COVID crud. Uh, going through there, but uh, you know, and they're they're having to make decisions that everybody won't agree with. You know, uh, I, I don't mind. I don't want the government to shut them down, but if a pastor chooses to do that, you got to just sort of you know uh, live with what he chooses to do, uh, because I believe God's put in charge at this time. So, so anyway, we we had a couple good weeks there, and we finally got down to uh, how can we. Uh, how can we who send people out best pray for the ones that, that we're sending? And that's what I'm going to do tonight. And we're going to go to First Chronicles uh, chapter 4, verse 10. Uh, a lot of people call this the prayer of Jabez. Uh, there was a book written about it, and some people disagreed with that book. And, you know, some people disagree with the Pentecostals on, on the Holy Ghost. And I'm not going to let any of these people feel... Uh, biblical principles, uh, no matter what they write or what they do, uh, we're, we're Baptists, and we're going to just preach the whole counsel of God. And, and I love this passage of Scripture. I think it, it really does have some really good aspects to missions. Uh, what's so wonderful about this prayer, this prayer is in the middle of a bunch of genealogies. It's unbelievable. All these genealogies are coming all at once. It pops up and it says, First uh, Chronicles 4.10 says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed, and, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And you know what it says at the end there? And God granted him that which he requested. You, you know, I, I want to start out, uh, number one, but to pray that God will bless the missionary. And, and I'm not talking the general prayer. I mean, we can pray general if we don't know what they need, and, and I'm, I'm for that. But, you know, we need to pray especially for his relationship with God. You know, if, if, the, pa if the pastor or the missionary doesn't have a relationship with God, uh, they'll end up in trouble. Uh, like a few of our friends had this last week that Pastor Monday and I know about. and uh, But they also need to be, have that awareness of God. You know, God's omnipresent all the time with us everywhere we're going, no matter what we're doing. And uh, that you can't hide anything from him. So we need to pray for that missionary that will have a, a relationship with God and an awareness of God. And, you know, 
that he will have a good devotional life. You know, as, as, as I've been asked to counsel from time to time with pastors, uh, especially on some of the things that I've went through, and the pastor will say, well, I've never been through that. Maybe you could help them because you've walked a mile in their shoes, and, and I like doing that, you know. But uh, all I know is when I start counseling with people, you can ask them four or five questions, and usually the answer to all the questions is no. You know, how's your devotional life? You know, uh, uh, how's your attendance on church? How, how's your tithing? And you can go down a list of things, and their answer to all these is no, 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 and you wonder, and you wonder why you're having problems? I mean, you know, you've got to keep that devotional light up. You, uh, you know, pray that the pastor will read and study the Word of God. I, I know your pastor does. Uh, there was a couple years that Pastor Mundy and I did something that I, I really enjoyed. We, we made a challenge that, uh, you know, when I was out, we were going to read through a one-year Bible, you know, uh, together. You know, the same page every day, and, you know, of course, they're dated by the dates, and so... Uh, and many times, not maybe not every week, but many times we would uh, have a discussion over something that we were doing. We did that two years in a row, and he may still do it. I think he does. But, but I, I changed off, and uh, this year I'm doing the chronological Bible, and I, I'm enjoying that. But uh, then you need to pray that that pastor or that missionary will walk humbly before God. I don't know if I want to try Second Chronicles 7:14 again or not. I tried it the other night and couldn't do it, but it says... Uh, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and will heal their land. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to walk humbly before the Lord. Uh, I always have uh, fun with that humble uh, situation. I, I always tell people, uh, you know, when I was down at my home church, I say, I got the humble button because I was the most humble man in the church. And I said, and then they took it away from me because I wore it, and they said I was proud. So, But anyway, you know, it really shouldn't amaze us uh, what God knows about us and what he knows what's going on in our life. Psalm 139, 3 and 4, and, and I love the whole Psalm 139. If you think God doesn't know something about you, you just read and study Psalm 139, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. But Psalm 139, 3 and 4 says, Thou compassest my path and my laying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. God knows us inside and out, folks. He made us and he knows us inside and out. You know, we're, we're praying that the Lord would bless the missionary, that, uh, that his uh, relationship and his awareness of God would continue on. But uh, also, we need to pray for his physical and emotional needs. Uh, you know, we all have physical and emotional needs, no matter who we are, you know. And, uh, the, you know, when we go to material provision, he needs a balance. Uh, I've, I've told this story. I, I had the, the opportunity to serve uh, in Mexico City with some missionaries, and I saw the pendulum swing in both directions. I really did. This, this one guy was so poor of a missionary that he really couldn't provide for his family. You can't do that. You know, in his, he went, I heard later that he went on the field without the permission of his family because you know, he didn't raise the full support that the, even the pastor thought he would need when he got down there. So there he was down there. And, and you know what? I, I, I always love it when a church takes good care of their pastor. And I, and I love it when a missionary is supported properly. I don't want him to be rich, I want, but I don't want him to be poor. 
And on, on the other end, then, I was with another guy, and actually uh, he wasn't uh, with any of us down there. Only thing I knew about him, I was house-setting for Bruce Burkholder, and this guy down, uh, Pastor Gillespie, asked me if I would come down and watch his home after I got done with Bruce's, you know, while he was going to come out for a month's furlough. And I told him I would do that. But I'm telling you, I felt like I was living in the Taj Mahal, I mean, compared to where Brother Bruce, I mean, I mean, it was just, and, and when you live that far above your missionaries, I mean, above your congregation, your Mexicans or whatever uh, nationality you're serving, uh, you know, I don't believe you can come down to the level to where you can even minister to them. That's my own opinion on that one, and that one was brief. So, so then, material provisions, and then for the missionary, travel mercies. I, I am telling you, I, uh, I was talking to a game warden this morning at breakfast, and, and, I, and he was telling some things that, you know, that they're, they're pressuring them to have to do. And I said, you know, uh, I, I don't have a lot of pressure in my life. I, I really don't. I'm a blessed man in that area. You know, peer pressure is long past me, you know, from my high school days. And the only time I have a little peer pressure, maybe when I go to a class reunion and I sort of suck in my gut so I don't look quite so bad, you know, when I go in there. But really, uh, this, he, this guy was telling me, you know, of some of the things that are coming down the pike for him and that he may have to do. And, and nurses and, and many alike, if they don't do these things, uh, they're going to put their jobs in jeopardy. And I told him, I said, you know what? Even if you don't put your job in jeopardy, you're probably still going to, to pay the price underneath the table. And so, but anyway, uh, when you're on the field, travel mercies is something that uh, I want you to pray for your uh, uh, missionaries. And, and I said, even all that guy, I said, you know, that's what I wanted to use him for an example. I said, you know, when we really aren't involved in like what he's doing, then I, I really don't know what he's confronted with. I more can know what missionaries are confronted with because I've spent a lot of time on the mission field with these people. And the travel mercies, when they're on deputation, is, is one that blows my mind. And how, how would you like to live out of a suitcase with 10 children <laughs> or, you know, while you're on deputation? You say, nobody would ever do that. Well, the Hendersons did. They have 10 children. They're in Guam now, uh, but they, they had 10 children when they went to Guam, and they went on deputation uh, with those 10 children. Uh, you know, and um, I'm telling you this too, a deputation, have you ever considered what a missionary does with his family on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? He might have meetings on Sunday and Wednesday, and he might even be uh, blessed enough to have a week-long uh, missions conference, but many times they are in, you know, they're, they're just got the, all those extra days with nothing to do and sometimes no place to put their families, you know, and so need to pray for them. And then, you know, not only when they're on deputation, but on the field, uh, there was a wreck in Uruguay, South America, where a a person was killed in the accident, a national was killed in the accident uh, by a, an American missionary. And, and I'm just telling you, uh, accidents happen, but when you're in a foreign field and you have an accident, I mean, you know, the pressure is, it's, it's on. That's all I can tell you. And uh, praise the Lord how the Lord took care of it. But anyway, but you know, I, I thought about uh, furloughs, you know, uh, 
usually when a missionary comes off on a furlough, of course, they don't have a home here to live in. And, you know, and, and I'm telling you right now, uh, anybody that's ever done this, you'll, you'll agree with me, where you'll tell me you'll agree with me or not. But if you go for a two-week vacation or something like that, and you finally get back to your house, you're so glad to get home that you don't, you don't know your name. <laughs> you know, back to your comfort zone. And these guys are usually like that, maybe even for up to a year traveling around, you know. So, And, and, and it doesn't matter if it's a, uh, again, uh, any time, I think my, uh, my motor home has kept me into my ministry longer than, than I could have stayed in it without it because I don't care who you are. When you go in someone's home, they're going to change things to accommodate you. And, you know, if you're going to be there an extended period of time, uh, I'll guarantee you they're glad to see you go and you're glad that you get gone. I mean, I can tell you that. So uh, it's just the way it is. It's, it's nothing wrong with those things. That's just the way it is. But uh, I, I guess I really do have, and you can tell I have a heart for missionaries and uh, pastors as well. I mean, they, they have some of these same issues, but I mean, I have a heartbeat for them because I know what a lot of them go through, you know. Um, an another thing, health, you know, uh, w when we get sick here, uh, you know, we don't have any, any problem going to the, uh, the hospital or the doctors here. You know, if we, we really think we need to go, we can go, you know. And uh, for, for the missionary himself, uh, a lot of times, uh, he's confronted with, do, do I want to have something done here? Do I? And I knew even one missionary that I, I actually not only house set for them, but I babysitted their two kids and some Mr. Mom down in, 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 uh, in Mexico. And while she came home to have some an operation here, he came home with her to start with. And, and so she was fine, to, but she was going to have to spend a few more weeks here then came on back because he had a church, he had a seminary. Uh, I mean, uh, you just... You know, he just had a lot on his plate, and so I just played uh, Mr. Mom for them. But I remember Rod, Rob and Lynn Sider. Uh, they were out of Dr. Pugh's church, and, and he was down on one of the islands. I don't know what it was, but he got down there and just couldn't get well, and he came home, and he got well. And so then he went back to the field, and they found, finally found out what was affecting him down there that he couldn't stay on the field. So uh, the last I knew that he had came back to the States and was – doing a ministry here in the States. Bruce Burkholder, a, a guy that I've served with many times on the field and, and off the field, had a heart attack while he was down there, you know, and uh, and not only did he have a heart attack, the, his family, you know, uh, depended on him, the church depended on him and everything else, you know. It's not that God can't replace us. God can. He can replace anybody that he wants to replace, but uh, it was just, it's just a difficult situation for the missionaries when they're on the foreign field. We are the foreigners. We're on the foreign field. And uh, so Chuck Manuel over in, uh, I, he's in the Pohnpei or something over there. He, his wife died and he had two children. You know, uh, you know when a, a man depends on his wife, I mean, that's the help me. That's what Matt just got. He got himself a good help me here, okay? But seriously, uh, you know, when Chuck's wife died, he really didn't know what he was going to do. You know, I mean, do he's got to take care of his children. I mean, you know what I mean? And, um, but I don't know, I really don't know what the outcome finally became of that, uh, where he finally got another wife or found someone to take care of the children over there where he was at or what they did. But uh, those things happen. Brian Burkholder, that's uh, Bruce Burkholder's twin brother, had a, a little girl, Amber, a little sweet thing. But she, she was 
believe me, she was born with a lot of issues. And, you know, they tried to get him taken care of uh, down in Mexico, but they finally had to came off. They came off the field also. Uh, Brian is, is uh, pastoring a church in Miami, Florida right now, a Hispanic church, and uh, doing well. But they had to get little Amber back here where she could get some, you know, some better health care, you know, so. Uh, things that we don't think about also, you know, Michael and Tina Raines, uh, they had a little child, uh, little Zachary over in, in Africa, and uh, he died there on the field. And, you know, you think about that, where, where, do, where do you bury him? Do you want to bury your child in Africa? You know what I mean? Uh, but well, what happened on that, uh, McGuanagoe Baptist Church paid the way for them to come back and bring little Zach, and he's buried up there in Wisconsin. And if they ever come off the field, you know, they can visit the grave, but the grandparents can all, all already visit the grave. So uh, it's just a, a lot of things, uh, and what I'm trying to present is things that we don't think about, you know. And, uh, you know, his extended family off the field, if, you got, if, you, uh, if, if you're uh, here today and, uh, and someone in another state even gets sick or passes away, you know what I mean? It, the old silver, you could just, you can go right to them. But so many times it's harder for a missionary to, to, to get back up here. And, and, you know, if it's an extended thing, if someone's in the hospital for a long period of time or something like that, you know, they, they feel pulled both ways that they're not staying on the field, but they're, you know, but they have uh, someone up here. I know Gary Ellison's mom. I, I've served a lot with Brother Gary Ellison, who does Frontier Baptist Missions down in Texas right now. He trains nationals to go back into Mexico, but his mom was uh, suffering a lot, and he uh, he just felt the pull to be in both places, you know, and, and I understand that. You know, again, someone dies. Um, another thing that happened to a missionary while I was down there was Danny Jenkins, and his wife was hard of hearing. Now, uh, I, I speak a little bit of Spanish, and I thank God for the little bit that I can speak, and, and but I hear fairly well. But she was hard of hearing, and, you know, it's hard enough to hear another language when you don't, you know, you don't understand it, and you're trying to learn it, but if you can't hear it, it's, it's really hard to learn it. And they, they finally came off the field, and, uh, and I said it was the worst ministry that I ever had. I, I helped uh, Danny and Rhonda come off the field, you know, so uh, that, that was tough. You know, I'll help them on the field all day long, but I hate to help them off the field because... Uh, I was reading some statistics the other day. I should have written them down, but on the uh, amount of missionaries, uh, especially my age, that are coming off the field, those in their 70s and 80s that are coming off the field, and the replacements just don't seem to be there at this time. So, Another thing is when loneliness and depression uh, sets in, especially for the wife, I say this kindly, uh, I, I telling Brother Nick, I said, you know, many times uh, uh, the, the man will go to language school, the lady stays at home, and, you know, and, and takes care of the kids, and then she's always promised that she'll get to go, but, uh, you know, when he gets his language uh, training in, he wants to get into the, mission, into the ministry, you know, he wants to dive into it, and that's good, but it, a lot of times it leaves the wife and the children at home without any language at all, and in a foreign country, and and without their, uh, without their loved ones or anybody else, so they're just, I mean, they can feel pretty isolated. They can get pretty lonely, and they can and run into some, some uh, depression, you know, you know. And, you know, I'm 
very cautious about quoting verses uh, when, uh, when I'm not going through the actual problem that other people are. But, you know, but even, our promi- even with our situations, we need to remember not what I can do for them, but what the promises of God are. And God's, the, the Bible is full of the promises of God. I've got, uh, I've got a book that's, that contains the promises of God, and it's a pretty thick book. Uh, Jim Mansko got it for me, but... You know, the Bible says, let, let your conversation be without covetousness. That's Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with which things you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And again, sometimes when you're uh, away from family, friends, and in a foreign country, don't know the language, you just get there, it can be pretty emotional and uh, but we do have to remember that God is always there with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And, and all we can do is just thank God for that, you know. Romans 8.28 is also another uh, uh, passage of Scripture that I love. As a matter of fact, if you went through Dr. Kiralo's class and you didn't know that one, you'd probably fail. Uh, and the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So... Anyway, like I said, it's easy to quote those verses when you're not going through it. But Job said it best. He said, if you were in my stead, you'd, you'd be like I am too. I, I said Gary Mark's version of it. But I, it is what he, Job said in, in the scriptures when all those guys, so-called friends, were coming down upon him, you know. So we're praying that God will bless, that God will meet the physical and emotional needs. And, and, and then the missionary family. I don't care if you're in the United States or in a foreign country. And Pastor just said it the other day uh, about the one pastor that had fallen into sin. He said he'll probably lose his family. And, folks, if a pastor or a missionary loses his family, he usually loses his ministry, you know. And uh, so we need to pray. Oh, my goodness, is it 8 o'clock already? Wow. Well, that's what my alarm's for. That would be a good place to stop. And we'll we'll pick up right there on the missionary family next week. But... Uh, I'm enjoying this. If you've got any questions, uh, you know, any time after the service or during the week, uh, give me a call. Uh, I love to discuss missions, and I just love to tell people what God has allowed me to do in the mission field. Father in heaven, thank you for your love. Uh, Thank you for each evening that you have given me here. Lord, I do pray for Matt and Kareth as they take off tomorrow to, to travel south and just be with them, be with Pastor and and, and, and Teresa, as they travel, Lord, help us to pick up the slack here and do what needs to be done. And God, no matter what happens, we're going to give you all the thanks and the praise and the glory for what you have done, are doing. And as I always say, what you will do is we'll commit our hearts and lives to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.